Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk with you on a Thursday morning. A very interesting podcast, Robbie. Let's let's get we'll talk about why in just a second. We want to thank you guys for tuning in at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with Strange Brew Coffee House. And if you're looking, you know, if you're not in Starkville, if you're not lucky enough to be up here in God's country with me and Robbie, well, they make it easy for you. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and you can order online there. All the great coffees they offer every day in the store, they're available at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Christmas is going to be here. If you've got a coffee lover in your life, Strange Brew is a great stocking stuffer, a great gift for them. Hit them up, strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. If you got a Mississippi State fan in your life, and I'm going to assume that either you do or you are one if you're listening to this podcast, although I know our Rebel friends are listening, and we appreciate each and every one of you, College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to go this holiday season. Guys, the days are running out. It is 35 days until Christmas. It is 45 days until Christmas. Math got me there. As we speak right this second. And I'm counting them down, buddy. Well, you might as well be. Speaking of you know, things I got to get for Christmas, I got I to gotta talk to your wife. I got to get my strawberries. Oh, yeah. I got to make that Strawberries happen. or chocolate bombs? Strawberries. Okay. Yeah. I don't but, know if she's doing those, but she might do one special for you. That's what I like to hear. That's customer service. Two sweet bees. If you ever want to advertise, you just let me know. No charge for you, Robbie. Okay. Just letting you know. I appreciate uh, that. College Corner. Let's get back to them because, guys, for Mississippi State stuff, that's the place to go. And don't forget, we're less than what? Just a week away, or a couple weeks away, I am way off on the calendar here. A couple weeks away from Black Friday, there's going to be great specials at College Corner for Black Friday that you're going to want to take advantage of. Get your holiday shopping done now. CollegeCornerStore.com. Two locations in the Jackson area, and they're original by Fleet Feet. They're in Florida by Half Shell. Everything you need, maroon and white, they've got it at College Corner. Our good friends over at Humble Taco want to see you the next time you're in Starkville or anytime you're in Starkville, and you should head over there because that is just a fantastic place to eat. Guys, if it wasn't a good place to eat, I wouldn't eat there, and I eat there a lot. That's really all you need to know, and you can tell from looking at me that I know what I'm talking about on this particular... You don't have to trust me on Mississippi State sports. You don't have to trust me on college football, but you can trust me on food. And I, I'm telling you right now that Humble Taco is as good as it gets. Such an, a unique and fantastic Mexican restaurant. We're lucky to have them here in Starkville. Make sure you check them out the next time you are here. Firehouse Subs, one of my favorite stops for lunch. I think I might be heading there a little later today. And I'm telling you right now, they're going to make it easy for me because I've downloaded the Firehouse Subs app. I get free reward points every time I order. I'm piling up those. I'm going to get some free subs pretty soon. And, man, it's so easy. You just go in. Hey, it's Brian. Hand out, get out, and go. Firehouse Subs, use the app. And don't forget, when you're looking for tailgating, they've got great, great stuff, party platters for the tailgating scene. Location Starkville, Oxford, Tupelo, Columbus, Flowood, and Madison. Firehouse Subs, 
yeah, that's what I'm doing for lunch later today. All right, that's a long read. This is why today's show is different, Robbie. We're going to talk about something, and then later our our one and only correspondent, Future Brian, is going to sort of let us know if we were right. I can't wait to hear his thoughts. Because what we're going to say is that we're going to preview basketball, and then we are going to get a recap of the first game. So we could come in here and be like, oh, they're so good. They're going to be really good this year. And then they blow it, and we can just look like idiots. Yeah, the, wouldn't that be fun? I can't Hope wait not. to I can't wait to read the uh, Twitter replies after that one. If we have a, a good old Stansberry non-conference loss oh, early God, in the year, don't, please a, don't, a, please a rider, don't you don't you put that evil on me, Robbie Falk. All right, let's talk about this team. I think we both are in agreement. It's really good. This is a this should be once they're healthy. Now tonight, yeah. you don't expect Tolu Smith to play. Mm-hmm. Don't expect Rocket Watts to be able to play. But once this team has all of its pieces, it's going to be very, very good. At least in my opinion. This is a team... My standard for this team is very simple. I want to, They basically should be the same as the... the I, what year would that have been? Twenty three years ago. 2018, 2019 team? Yeah. Okay. With Quindary, Weatherspoon, and Holman when they were seniors. Where they were never in... I know that team sort of up was a little up and down at times. Yeah. But they were always, always... They were a five seed, right? Yeah. That's where they were. Their their net was always constantly in the twenties to thirties. Mm-hmm. You knew from 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 starting in January when you really started paying attention to stuff. That team was going to the NCAA tournament. I had the same ex- expectation level of this team. To be totally honest, the key for that is, I've said it, keeping your head above the water here while you have Rocket Watts and Tolu Smith out, because when you add those two pieces back into it, if you've if you've done your job in non conference play. And you're and you haven't slipped up against anybody, and then you add those two pieces and, and reinforce your team. Man, you really got something clicking there. But you can't get behind the eight ball here. And I, I think the the committee, when it's all said and done, you know, if they did slip up against someone, I think the committee would understand. And I think they do take into consideration injuries and things like they that. They do. So the, I think they would understand. You know, they were without a top, probably backup yeah. guard, and their their top. Double, you know, second leading returning score. Yeah, and the a double, du- a walking double double in Tolu Smith. You know, that Louisville game would be a good example of this. Yes, you, if, if State doesn't have isn't at full strength for that, and if they the if they lose that game by like like single digits, yeah. then you say, well, if you they it had those two players, they probably win that game, right? But I think you know when is that in two weeks? It's Thanksgiving weekend. It's okay, a, it's a, they, I think they play Louisville the day of the Egg Bowl. So Rocket Watts should could seemingly be back for that. I yeah. think Tolu probably not. Tolu, I don't think is is quite ready. Yeah, but I think Rocket just started practicing some. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean this team, your expectations should be high for this team, and I I'm not my expectations aren't that this team is going to be in the Sweet Sixteen and you know it's Sweet Sixteen or bust because it's been very difficult for Mississippi State to advance in the NCAA tournament past that second game for the last 25 years mm-hmm. i mean they just haven't done it so I, i'm not going to set my expectations at something that hasn't been done yes. in a long time but i think it's quite well, reasonable to expect them to get to the NCAA tournament and probably win a game the tournament is a crapshoot yeah once you're you in never know. anything can happen yeah uh, especially you know, a couple years ago 512 every year a 512 game goes south and it's not women's basketball where if you're hosting in that first right, thing, you expect to get to Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, um, it, 
I mean, there's upsets all the time. Right, right, there's right. so much parity in the NCAA tournament. Iverson Molinar was the biggest surprise last year. And and, and we maybe we shouldn't have been. Because Howland, to his credit, came out and told us all. He's like, that guy is taking a huge jump this year. <laughs> and he did. Now he's an all-SEC performer. Um, my question to you is, and I asked Ben Howland this, and he said, I think he does. But do you think there's another leap in him? Can he get become maybe a little bit more consistent as a point guard? Or is there another level of scoring even for him as a as a more consistent three-point shooter? That's what I want to see. I want to see more three-point shooting from him because he's very capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see him take some more shots from the outside. Great mid-range shooter. He can drive to the hoop and score. But State needs that threat from the outside. They're, they're, they're going to have some guys that need to step up and they need to hit those three-pointers. I think he's one of those. So this offense really needs to take the next step. They've... It hasn't been a super exciting offense. No. Under Ben Howland. Um the defense has been really good. You know, they've been um they've they've been an excellent rebounding team, excellent defensive ball club. They need to be more explosive offensively, and I think that's a lot large part of it is is being a more consistent three point shooting team and I think Iverson is kind of gonna be the guy that stirs that drink a little bit. Um, so yeah, I mean there there is a next step that he can take. I mean, the, he's been compared to Russell Westbrook by Ben Hallen, which is that's pretty high praise. High praise. Yeah. But at the same by the same token, I mean that's a guy that's coached both players, and he, I think he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, and then also in the backcourt, you know, Rocket Watts is a guy I feel like I know a little bit about. Shaquille Moore is t- sort of the wild card to me. Now he'll get the start tonight mm-hmm. uh, for Mississippi State, uh, I would think. You know, looking at that starting lineup with, with Tolu and Rocket out, probably Iverson, Shaquille, Fountain, uh, Garrison Brooks, and DJ Jeffries. If I had yeah. to guess a starting lineup, that not, not, right. that's not in any order, obviously. But Brooks will play at the five, so that'd be a small lineup, a lineup that you can get up. That's a lot of shooting in mm-hmm. that lineup. You know, Fountain is a guy we saw him hit threes last year. Yeah, he was a pleasant surprise last year, and he kind of merged. I'd like to see him second take a, half of the season. Kind I'd of like guy. to see him take a next step there. And then you have Cam Matthews, who I think a lot of people have forgotten about, was a great glue guy. Obviously, we talk about his when with him. It was so much about his on ball defense. Probably Such, the best defender on the team. One of the best I've seen in a long time at Mississippi State. And then his last game of the year, he went completely berserk offensively in the yeah. NIT final against uh, against Memphis. Javian Davis is going to be a depth guy this year who can play the four and play the five, provide a little defense. He might play a little bit of the role as that Abdul Adu played for Mississippi State, a shot blocker. Yeah, if you can get him to come in there and and spell uh, Tolu Smith or Garrison Brooks for a few minutes a game mm-hmm. and just not, you don't have that much of a drop off. Mm-hmm. He don't have to come in there and score a bunch of points, but just a defensive guy, a rebounder. You just need some production out of him while you're spelling whoever you got at center. And then I think another guy who can make a, a, an impact as a depth guy this year is Anderson Garcia. Every time he played last year, I liked what I saw. I thought he hustled. I thought he, he played with a lot of energy. And uh, he, you know, he was a guy that a lot of people thought might make the transfer portal, but decided yeah. to stick it out, which makes me think he, he thinks he has a future with Mississippi State. So we'll see how it goes. This is a good team. They have a lot of pieces. They can play different lineups. They can play big. They can play, you know, fast. Uh, they've got some shooting. They've got rebounding. Is it fair to ask, like defensively, that's probably the biggest question mark with this team? Because you don't Abdul do add it. And I know a lot of people. People, you know, obviously offensively he was limited, but defensively he gave you so much. Is is 
in a roundabout way, is replacing what he did State's biggest question this offseason? In some ways, but you know, I expect the Ben Hallen team to defend. That's true. I, I expect this team to be able to get out there and, and get in your face and, and play some really good defense. I think somebody will fill that role, maybe not to the extent that he did, not not become you know, you know a, a shot blocker, rebounding guy like that. But there's so many more pieces now offensively, um, and you know, I, I think Abdul would have been valuable in this team. He he probably would have had to come off the bench, but. Mm-hmm. He would have been very valuable, but losing him, you've opened up more opportunities on the offensive end, and I think that's that's a key thing for Mississippi State, who needs to be better offensively. Because there's been times, I mean, it's just been kind of painful to watch them offensively. And like last year, they were better, I thought, but they, they've had some offenses that are just, for lack of a better word, word boring. Yeah, they're difficult to watch. Um, but I think that this team is going to be more aesthetically pleasing to the eye. For fans, I think fans are going to enjoy watching them play. And uh, you know, I, to your point about Anderson Garcia, I thought that was big to keep him on board and and head like just a hat tip to that kid for for betting on himself and not following in line with everybody else in college sports. You know, he didn't get the playing time that he wanted to get. He could have very easily sulked up and and tried to go somewhere else and. Really, I don't think you would blame him either with with the logjam that Mississippi State has. But the guy said, "I'm going to better myself. I'm going to try to get better, and I'm going to I'm going to bet on myself and get on the floor here." And against Memphis, also, he had to come in that ball game. He had a really good showing in that game too. Mm-hmm. So I think that was huge to keep somebody like that because th- now you got some real depth there on this team that you can go almost too deep. Uh, with your depth chart and feel pretty good about the guys that you'll put out there. Mm-hmm. Now, not everybody is is the same. Not everybody. Not, I'm not expecting Cam Matthews to come in there and shoot 45 percent from three point range and uh, come in there and give you you know 15 points a game. That's not his game. He's not a scorer, although he did do it against Memphis. But he adds something very valuable to your team when he comes in the ball game. Anderson, Anderson Garcia is the same way. Shaquille Moore, Rocket Watts. Everybody's going to bring a different kind of spark to this team, and I think that's huge for Mississippi State. If somebody gets in foul trouble, you got somebody that can come in and that can add something to what you want to do. And I think that versatility is so key, that you can play different lineups and play different ways. Even within the game itself, you can have a game where you start off big, and now it's okay, we're going to make a quick change, and we're going to bring in some guys, and now we're going to play fast, yeah, and, and, and vice versa. So this is a very interesting team. From from top to bottom, um, when you look around the SEC, I mean, Kentucky is supposed to be good. They lost last night to uh, to Duke, uh, and of course they were really bad last year. Even though they beat Mississippi State uh, here in Starville, obviously right. lost to them in the SEC tournament. Shouldn't have shouldn't have beat them. Right. State should have won that game. LSU obviously still stockpiling talent. We we all know how. Uh, Alabama with still, the Jim Cornette of college basketball out there. I would pay money to see him in a purple, bl- uh, not purple. Most purple would fit like a bright green blazer with a tennis racket. Um, Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> Last week you disrespected us, Nate Oates. <laughs> My mama said she's going to sue you. Uh, Nate Alabama. O- he needs Nate Oates jackets. Yes, Nate Oates. Obviously, that Alabama team is still going to be very good. They were yep. pretty well. Auburn should bounce back a little bit this year. Arkansas- Boy, Auburn was up like thirty to six at one point last yeah. night. Arkansas is a top fifteen team. Eric Musselman doing a great job there. It's going to be tough. The conference is very deep. It's very deep. I, I think I, I think it was um, 
who was it the other day? It was either Musselman or Bruce Pearl mm-hmm. that was talking about how Mississippi State was picked, what, seventh in the league or something? Mm-hmm. Sixth or seventh? Eighth. 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 And he said that right there tells you just how deep this conference is. And I think that was spot on. If State is considered the eighth best team in the league, mm-hmm. this is a pretty darn deep conference. So how many, and, 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 how many can, the, can the conference get uh, eight teams into the NCAA tournament? That's I think point. that's possible. Think back to a few years ago, man, how weak this conference was. It was brutal. I mean, it was really weak. And I think everybody's made it a, a sort of a commitment. Investment and, even, and coaching. Even the teams where it hasn't worked out. Like Tom Crean at Georgia. Yeah. He was a big-name guy. It well, just hasn't worked out. Right around the time they hired Ben Hallen is when you really started to see this shit. Bruce Pearl. Bruce Pearl um, ben Hallen was hired. And, the same time Ben Hallen was hired was... Avery Johnson uh, was hired. I mean, yeah, say Avery what you Johnson. want about how it worked out. That was a guy who won an NBA championship. Right. He's a big-name coach. Uh, um, Rick Barnes Rick at Tennessee. Rick Barnes, that's what I was thinking yeah. of. I mean, and he won the SEC like the next year. Yeah. So, it's an investment in great coaches and and dynamic coaches like Bruce Pearl mm-hmm. and you know Nate Oates was a rising name in college basketball mm-hmm. and Eric Musselman so did, did some great things yeah. at Nevada was in Nevada right mm-hmm. so it, when you invest in coaching mm-hmm. you take, invest takes, in your yeah, program takes care of itself but it, let's let's and, and you know even with Ole Miss, Kermit Davis is, is yeah. a good coach. I mean, this is a, Ole Miss is an interesting team this year. This is all his team now, basically. Top K-K's to bottom, I mean, you look at the SEC. There's some great coaching here. I mean, mm-hmm. Jerry Stackhouse has has very little experience, but mm-hmm. that is an NBA basketball player. His name carries weight. Yeah, no question. Um, Buzz Williams at Texas A and M is a great coach. Yep. We'll see if he gets it figured out. All that to say, this it's now or never, right? Yeah, you got to you got to do it this year. If if I, I would I would I'm gonna make a prediction here on November tenth that if we get to March and Mississippi State misses the NCAA tournament, Mississippi State's gonna have a new head basketball coach. This this is the like Stansbury twenty twelve, twenty eleven, yeah. whatever year that was. You, you've missed too much. Yeah. I mean you, you've got to get to it this year. You got you got the talent. You have the talent in place. You need to get it done. Nobody's accepting NIT anymore. Last year I thought that was perfectly fine. That team needed the NIT. And uh, everybody knew, you know, that that was a rebuilding season for Ben Howland. But mm-hmm. he knows he he's not shying away from those expectations. He he was asked about that, and he he you know a lot of coaches would have given the coach speak answer. You know, we're just taking it one <laughs> game at a time and stuff like that. No, he knows that the expectations are NCAA tournament or bust. And I, I think they're talking about that in that <laughs> locker room. I I agree with you, one hundred percent. I mean, th- this team. I I I always come back to this. When Hallen was hired, I don't think you could have convinced me that seven years later State would have only been to the tournament once. Yeah. You know, especially with the way basketball recruiting works and how, like, one guy – now, you know, Malik Newman didn't work out. That 20 uh, – I guess that's a 2016 class. A lot of busts in there for Mississippi State. You know, Mario Kegler and uh, and uh, Schneider Harrard and those guys. I mean, I, didn't, I hadn't thought of that, that guy in a long time until right now. But, I mean, just a lot of guys that just it just didn't work out. Now, you got some good players out of that, like Lamar Peters and Tyson Carter and, and Abdul Ladu was in that class. But what he did was he got Mississippi State back to being respectable. Yeah. He, he did. This is what he did, and he doesn't get enough credit for this. They got better every year yep. until the COVID year. Yes. That team and, was the first time that he had never improved upon the previous And year. to be fair, 
you know, if they win a couple of games at the SEC tournament, they're going they to the were iffy, But they were on the bubble. Yeah. They were on the bubble. I, I think if they would have beat Florida, they probably would have been in. That team Because that team was top four in the league. People forget that. No, I mean, they, they got the double bye. When they got to SEC but at the play, same they time, were good. They had underachieved all year with a team that had two NBA draft picks on it. They underachieved in non conference play and they lost a few games that they but shouldn't have. In SEC play, he had he had righted the ship. That team probably lost five games that should not have lost. Yeah. And that's that's too many. And last year they lost some games they should have won. Last year so up and down. You, you chalk that up to inexperience. Right. What would this team be with DJ Stewart on it, by the way? I mean, that, now you're talking about they could have easily contended for the SEC championship. Yeah, I mean, that, that would have been huge to keep so. him. All right. So we're making the official statements here. This is a tournament team. Yes. Okay. I'm agreeing with you. It should be. I agree with you. It should be. I mean, you can't predict what they're going to do, but this team, there's no excuse not to make the tournament. I agree. All right, let's move on over to football. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. This weekend, I think I'm getting a steak. So Saturday, wife and kids out of town. Brian all by himself watching football. Doesn't that just scream that I should get a steak, Robbie? I mean... Do you, does your wife and kids have to be out of town for that to happen? Because well, if I if they're all there, don't I have to get them all a steak? Uh, yeah. And so instead of getting, you just get yourself a steak. Instead of getting three pounds worth of steak for the family, you I should get, get you a, a three-pound steak for me. What do you? What do you? What's your go-to steak? Ribeye or a strip? You can't I beat a good like, ribeye. I might, man. I might. I might go try to find like a tomahawk or something. This man, weekend. you you can't beat a good you ribeye. Can't. That's so, some good. That's some good meat. We say all that to say this. Put some beef in the shopping cart. You're supporting 15,000 of your local Mississippi uh, farmers when you do that. And you're part of a business that's worth a half billion dollars a year to our state. And, of course, the best part of it all, you're eating delicious beef. So check them out, msbeef.org, if you're looking for recipes or any more information about our beef providers here in Mississippi. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. That's the place to head when you're looking for great barbecue. But it's not just barbecue. It's smoked southern soul food. There's a lot more on that menu than just barbecue, and it's all enjoyable. And also, don't forget, next week with a home game, if you're looking to tailgate before the game or even after the game, they got you taken care of. Hit them up at twobrothersstarkville at gmail.com, and you can get great tailgating deals and be the envy of the junction. Wherever you are in Starkville, make sure that uh, Two Brothers is on your list of things to do. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Our good friends at Advantage Business Systems have a simple plan for you. They want to help your business survive, thrive, and prosper. And how are they going to do that? Well, first off, they're going to offer you an incredible selection of products that your business needs, stuff that every business needs. Every business needs printers. Every business needs copiers. Every business needs computers. They have all that stuff, and they have the best brands. They have the best names in the business. And then every sale they make for you, well, it's like doing business with your next-door neighbor. That's what they are at Advantage Business Systems. They are a Mississippi business first and foremost. Why don't you call them today and find out how they can help you? That number is 601-362-9192, or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. We're going to go to an interview real quick, and then we'll come back and talk about what, what, what was said. I, I talked earlier today to Jason Caldwell, our good friend, and been on the podcast many times with us. He covers uh, the Tigers for Inside the Auburn Tigers. I got his thoughts on Bo Nix and that Auburn offense, because to me, Robbie, I think we know what to expect from State offensively at this point. Mm-hmm. I feel like they have the consistency. 
The defense, I'm not saying the defense is inconsistent, but you, you got to know what, I, I feel like what the other team brings to the table affects MSU defensively more than what it affects offensively. Yes. Does that make sense? That's exactly what I thought last week, too. And we said, which which area would you think is more important for Mississippi State? I think it's the defense. So let's talk to Jason about the Auburn offense. We got his thoughts a little earlier today. All right, so joining me now, one of our longtime friends here on Thunder and Lightning, Jason Caldwell from inside the Auburn Tigers. Been covering Auburn, I mean, a long time. I'm not even gonna. I'm not. I won't. I won't go any further than that, though. I won't. That's that's all you need to do. Just this. Just say this. Say a long time, and that'll cover it pretty much. Right. So we're good. I got you. You know, Bo Nix and and has played some of his best football this year, I think. But he's also had some times where you've seen, you know, the, the Bo Nix we've seen in years past, the inconsistency. Reminds me of another Bo that we, we might know something about, you know, was sort of good and bad on different days. Bo Nix, where is he? Is he just somewhere in the middle for you as a quarterback? Or, or what, are, what are State fans going to see this Saturday when, when they turn on the TV and, and watch this game? Uh, I think it all depends on, first of all, can they run the football? Um, you know, it's just dependent right now that they don't have enough true weapons outside to line up and, and just throw it a bunch. I mean, the problem for this offense right now is, you know, you look and, and it takes 12, 13 plays to score touchdowns. They just don't have a whole lot of explosive weapons right now. And, you know, you don't have a bunch of that in the running game because teams are going, look, we're going to try to take that away. So I, I think it's been kind of a combination of everything. I thought got a little impatient last week against Texas A&M. And some of that, I think, is caused by knowing that, you know, that's a really good defensive line. They're going to get pressure. I got to get the ball out of my hands. When you do those things, sometimes you got to get your guys outside to make a make a guy miss. And, and instead of it being a five-yard gain, turn it into a 15- or 20-yard gain. That's, they just don't have a bunch of those plays right now. So it's put – a lot of pressure on them to really almost be perfect at times, and that's hard to do. Um, and so I think it's been kind of a combination of everything. I did think you probably got a little impatient last week was probably the biggest situation. You know, made some check downs probably a little early, uh, but I think some of that is caused by knowing what you got in front of you in that Texas a defensive line. So um, he played pretty good for the most part. Uh, you know, a couple of turnovers. The, the last one really didn't impact the game. Um, for the most part, but um, I, I, I would guess that he'll come back and play well. He's responded every time in his career. Um, he's a guy that that knows that, you know you got to play the next play, and so I would expect him to come out and play well on Saturday. It's crazy how much of everything you just described I could have answered that question as Mississippi State. You know Absolutely, I, I think it's a different offense, mm-hmm. but it's the same situation to where right. you do you look at a team going, man, it when you have to throw. 13 six-yard passes to score mm-hmm. touchdowns, it makes it really hard. It does. Yeah, yeah and that's on the, and, and the lack of explosive plays, the the time of possession. I mean, State leads the conference, I think, in time of possession, but they do it, you know, throwing the ball 55 times a game, which is just, for guys like you and me who've been around football as long as we have, it's tough to wrap your mind around that a passing team could control time of possession like that, but they can. Tank Bigsby. One of the best running backs, not just in the SEC, but in the country. The young star from Mississippi, Jarquez Hunter. A couple of really good backs there for Auburn. They've been successful running the ball. State has been really good against the run this year, but Arkansas got some got some yardage on them last year. How, how do you like that matchup for Auburn? Yeah, I, I really think this is a team that almost has to play backwards at times. Mississippi State plays backwards. They throw the ball to set up the run. Auburn's not going to throw it 55 times to set up the run, but I think you got to show teams – that you're able to, and, and Auburn did it really good against, especially Arkansas. 
they did a really good job of stretching the field early and making them respect, you know, throwing the ball down the field. And, and I thought it loosened some running lanes up. It's the same thing you have to try, even though Mississippi State's corners are good. I, I think it's the middle of the field that Auburn's going to have to try to make some plays in. And um, But, you know, I think they know they got to run the football. Um, how much you give into it, and you can't run up against a brick wall. And, and you know, this is an Auburn offensive line that, you know, you had a starter out last week in, in Brandon Council. Um, they're a group that you kind of are what they are right now. They've been playing for two years. Um, they played solid and they've improved this season in this offensive scheme, but this is not a, a scheme where, you know, you feel like you're going to go out there and, and all of a sudden run for 300 yards. I do think that one of the keys for this team to being able for tank and, and Jarquez to get going is for Bo Nix to be involved in the running game. And that takes and made that tough last week. I think that's a key for them when he runs the ball. Well, they run it well. And then it opens up more of that passing game. Yeah, the passing game, you know, the receivers, that was a, that was a question mark for Auburn coming into the season. You lose Seth Williams, you lose Anthony Schwartz. Who who of those guys who are the guys that have stepped up for Auburn? And, and if they are going to find some big plays in the passing game, who's going to deliver them for them? Yeah, that's that's been the problem. Um, the inconsistency at wide receiver. Um, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand with quarterback. I mean, you know, against Georgia, the best I mean, Texas AM is a really good defense too. Georgia's probably a, just a little step above, but not much. Um but I think you look and um, against Georgia, Bo probably could have had a 300-yard passing day if, if not for six or seven drops. They've had drop issues at times. That crept up a little bit again last week against Texas A&M. But Toby Hudson's probably been the most consistent of those guys, former high school quarterback, that um, a guy that, that has some playmaking ability inside. You know, Demetrius Robertson's made a couple of plays down the field. Javarius Johnson's made a couple of plays down the field. But – Nobody has established themselves as, hey, here we go, other than probably John Samuel Schenker, who, um, yeah, just like Mississippi State's got to get play some tight end uh, and plays a little baseball as well. Um, yeah. He's probably been the most consistent of the pass catchers. Um, Auburn, they've thrown the ball more to the tight ends than they have probably in the last 20 years this season. That's a big part of what they do. But outside it, Kobe Hudson's probably been the one – the one consistent guy, but nobody stepped up as a guy that you look at and go, man, we got to make sure we know where that guy is at all times. They haven't really found that guy yet. Columbus actually gave up uh, football this year. He figured I don't blame him. There was no spot for tight ends. This, well, yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, he had two two reasons why. <laughs> um, the offensive line, you know, state runs at three three five. They're super aggressive. Auburn's offensive line, I thought, was a strength coming into the season for, for the Tigers. How have they delivered so far this year? Yeah, they played they played well at times. There's just not an offensive line that I thought I thought what they were going to be able to do was going to be able to line up and, and get downhill. That's what they did best last season. They haven't really done that to this point in the year. Um, they've improved in, in pass protection for the most part. Some of that's because you look back there and, and Bo Nix is a hard guy to get a hand on. Um, he's he's a guy that can run and make plays and make guys miss. But um, you know, I think they've gotten better, but. It's kind of one of those things where the ceiling's not real high. They're just not a group that has a ton of what you would consider guys that are going to have a shot on the next level. They're just not a bunch of those guys. And so it comes back to, to the, the the struggles in recruiting that position the last few years for Auburn under Gus Malzahn that they just don't have – you don't have a guy that – not many guys look out there and get find an Evan Neal on an offensive line, but nice. you don't look out there and see a bunch of those guys that you go, man, that guy's going to have a chance to make an NFL roster. They're just not a bunch of those right now for Auburn. And um, because of that, again, it, it makes it where you have to dial up the right play at the right time, the right situation. 
Um, and, um, you know, when you get those, they, they've worked out pretty well, but it's hard for them to manufacture a whole bunch. With both of these teams, Jason, it feels like it, I could say first one to 30 wins. If I say Auburn gets 31 on, uh, on Saturday, you feel like they're walking out of there with a win? Uh, I think at home, you'd have to feel pretty good about that. They've done a pretty good job of, of limiting the opposition defensively, especially the last couple of weeks. Um, they give up some yards uh, between the 20s, but do a really good job in the red zone. Um, secondary's got some depth. Um, probably the best defensive game they played all the last season was against Mississippi State. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so you look at Derek Hawley, Q Leota, TD Moultrie, they got some guys, Colby Wooden in the middle, that have done a good job of pressuring the quarterback and they tackle well. So, uh, yeah, I would, I would say that if, if you get to 30, if you're Auburn, you'd have to feel pretty good. But, um, again, it's all about can you create a few explosive plays and can you limit them on the other side. Yeah, we'll see what happens Saturday, 11 a.m., out there on the plains of Alabama. Jason Caldwell inside the Auburn Tigers, man. I always appreciate your time. Thanks, brother. All right, thanks to Jason for his time. Obviously, appreciate that. Good bow, bad bow, right? We're doing this again? Yeah, and he's well, he's been pretty good at home. Yeah. Last year, I thought he was not good at all at State. I just thought State could not do anything State, offensively. Auburn won that game defensively. Yeah, I mean, he, like, he was missing receivers. Yeah. I mean, he was not very good. That was a weird game in that. State had played well at Georgia. Offensively, it played pretty well against Ole Miss. Yeah. They came home to Auburn, and you thought, okay, going to have a chance here. And it didn't work out. And as it turned out, that was Gus Malzahn's last game as the head coach. He was of the dancing Auburn in the locker room post-game. Yeah, knew he was out. If you dance in the locker room after beating Mississippi State, mm-hmm. you dancing, might get fired. He was dancing because he knew he was about to leave and get a $25 million buy-in. Yeah, I mean, what, what would you be upset about? Yeah, life is good at that point. Um, buy, buy a few Waffle Houses. Auburn runs the football. Tank Bixby, great. Jarquez Hunter, future star. Yes. Receivers, they don't have a lot of star guys there. Can they, this is sort of the, we're sort of replaying what we talked about last week. Can Auburn run the football and then set up the passing game? State's got to find some adjustments from last week because Auburn Arkansas was able to run the football and therefore was able to make some plays in the passing game. Do you think Zach Arnett can do that this week? I think Arkansas. I give Arkansas a little more of an edge against a Mississippi State defense than I do Auburn. Okay, uh, as strange as that Why sounds, is that? because of the fact that you're accounting for KJ Jefferson in the zone read. Okay, and I'm I mean, not saying Bo Nix can't. A good plus runner too. I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that, but I th- I think KJ Jefferson is is more dangerous in the running game than Bo Nix. Um, and I'm not I'm not trying to take anything away from Bo Nix. I just think anytime you have a quarterback like Jefferson that is like 250 pounds um, and is is really tough to get down when he's going downhill mm-hmm. and you and you're and you got that zone read humming, I mean it's just it's very difficult. Um, now Bo Nix I think is going to be able to beat you in the passing game more than K.J. Jefferson. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to have some more options. And the the play design, what they want to do offensively, is going to be a little more balanced, in my opinion, than what Arkansas did. Um, you know, at Arkansas, you're pretty much game-planning for one guy. Now, he was the best receiver probably in the SEC, but um, I think there's going to be some more options for Auburn. They don't have – Sammy Coates out there, anybody like that right now, but they still have some very good uh, options at wide receiver. And then you have two backs back there that are that are really running the football well. I just th- I feel like State can limit that rushing game a little bit. Um, 
you know, I, I know that I know that Jarquez Hunter's been really good, and um, I, I know that they can that they 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 can rotate those backs in and out, and Bo Nix can do his thing too. But I just feel like that Zach Arnett's going to be able to to game plan this well. Mm-hmm. I you you just need to limit them. You don't need to shut this offense down, but you can't let them do what they did two years ago when Bo Nix had the game of his lifetime mm-hmm. against Mississippi State defensively. Now, that was a completely different defense. Um, and Mississippi State is – I feel like this defense is a little more dynamic than what that one was. They're going to bring some different looks at you, and they're, mm-hmm. they're going to make things hard on the quarterback. Yeah. But when, when, he gets, when he gets off and running, when he gets out of the pocket, you've got to bring him to the ground or force him to get the ball out. Mm-hmm. You, you can't let him extend plays like he did against LSU and like he's done against – so many teams and make plays down the field. Yeah, you, you've got to get him. If he gets out of the pocket, you got to get him to the ground or get the ball out quick. Yeah, the longer he's running around, the more opportunities that receivers have and to give open. It's it's bad for Mississippi State. And you mentioned that game two years ago. One of one of the worst performances of the Joe Moorhead era. A game just State, terrible. State was out of the game within the first five minutes. And a lot game. of that I blame on the offense. Yeah, you, you fumbled the ball inside your own territory. Well, I mean, there were a lot of things that went wrong in that game. I mean. Starting Tommy Stevens was an yes. issue in that game. I, you know, Schrader scared to death. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was just not ready to play. Um, yeah, the only the team, time the you started not ready to play. you started moving the ball when Schrader came in there because Schrader was not scared. And I've also, in in thinking back on it, some people brought this up at the time, and, I, and now that I've thought about it, I think I agree with them that the academic thing, basically, the games where you didn't play Willie Gay and Lee Autry, you sort of sent the message to the team: we're not going to win this one. Yeah, and I think people, I think they bought into that. Yeah, unfortunately. So that academic thing just killed Mississippi State. Killed them. I mean, and in basketball too. I mean, yeah. Nick Weatherspoon being out that hurt. That hurt. You talked about that. That was the season we were just talking about. And so, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it's just like things like that is why Jim Moorhead is no longer the coach here. I mean, no question. And, and what would where would Willie Gay be right now if he would have played that whole season? Would have been probably a, a he would have been a first, first round, round pick. So I expect Mike Leach to have his team ready to play. Slow starts against Auburn. Auburn is a crowd, you know, 11 a.m. game. It's going to be a sleepy crowd to begin with. But if Auburn goes up 10 to 14 in the first quarter, the crowd's going to get into the game. State, this is this game more than any to me, State cannot afford the, the slow start. They yeah. have got to get out on the board early. This might be a game where, you know, I think the past couple of games, State's won the toss and they've deferred. I might take the ball here just to try to get something going offensively. I was going to say the same thing. It seems like all big road wins that Mississippi State has, mm-hmm. they get out on that first possession or two, mm-hmm. drive down the field and get a score. Yeah, that they need to come out on the first possession. Can't have three and out. It it didn't happen against Arkansas. I didn't I, I didn't think that it hurt them against Arkansas, but that the games they've just kind of got overwhelmed on the road over the years. They've come out on that first possession and they've gone three and out. Yeah, you know that. You've got you, you to gotta get, get the ball down the field and you gotta go score. Yeah. At, early at in the game. At least get the uh, you know, get a couple of first downs. Even if you don't score, three and out gets the crowd. And you've got to get a couple of first downs and, and at least where you're punting, you got a chance to pin them, something like that to set up you, you can't go three and out on the road. You just can't. Yeah. So we'll see what I wish, happens. I wish special teams with the special teams that they are I, I wish they were playing at home yeah. because they they need some they need some juice. They got to get. They have to get some consistency, yeah. and they got to get some confidence going because right you know now what's they funny don't have is it. Ruiz had a bad game against Arkansas. He really did, but he's had a good couple seasons. He hadn't been bad State. at all. 
it wouldn't totally shock me for him to come out in this game and hit a couple of field goals. Yeah. So it, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All I right. mean, I, I don't know what's going to come from this tryout thing, but I would try – unless Ruiz is hurt, mm-hmm. I would trot him out there and just live and die with him. Yeah. I, I mean, if – unless – This tryout, honestly, might be more for next year than anything else. Because <laughs> you know what I think – You don't have a kicker next year. Ruiz you know what I gone. think people just are overlooking with this thing mm-hmm. is Mike Leach is a master in mind games. Yeah. He he looks like a dope. Sounds like a dope to people. He's really smart, mm-hmm. and I, I think what this is is to is to weed out if anybody is weak minded. If anybody is is considering you know like transferring or they're going to give up, that gets that out of the way. But if if this tryout does anything, it should be able to to allow the cream to rise to the top. Players that have the that competitive drive. They should look at that and say, "Okay, you don't think I'm any good? I'll sh- I'll show you." And Brandon Ruiz should should come out on Saturday and are you and are be, you calling Mike Leach a cerebral assassin? Sure. All right then. I think he is. Okay then. Just wanted to be sure about that. He's he's he is uh he's a master at that stuff, yeah. man. I mean, people he does don't play the him, mind games. Yeah, people no, don't no give question. him enough credit. Art of War, Son to Zoo. He knows what he's doing. I know. I know. All right, let's bring him in. We haven't had him on the show in quite a while. This is Robbie's first experience with him. But let's find out what happened as Mississippi State started. It's ni- uh, it's 19. What year is it, Brian? 19? You wish. <laughs> oh, man, I do wish it was still that. Uh, this starts off the 2021 basketball season against North Alabama. Let's go to our one and only correspondent here on Thunder and Lightning. He'll take you home. Let's go now to future Brian. Thanks, guys. This is future Brian reporting to you. From the future, great to be back on Thunder and Lightning, and especially for the first time with Robbie Falk. Mississippi State did not make liars out of either of you, taking a relatively easy 75-49 win home over North Alabama. It was a game of halves within halves. State dominated. If Please excuse any grammatical errors that are about to happen. State dominated the first half of the first half and the second half of the second half for an easy win. But in between that, State didn't play very well. And there were definitely some concerns for Mississippi State. 15 turnovers, uh, a poor night on the free throw line. 15 of 26 could have easily won this game by 30-plus uh, points. The, the stat that stands out to me the most, other than State being plus 10 on, on, and rebounding, State uh, turns the ball over 15 times. Uh, North Alabama turns it over 17 times. The difference is State gets 24 points off of turnovers, North Alabama only gets four. So State was good in getting back on defense. I thought defensively this team was pretty strong. They held North Alabama to 31% shooting and 25% behind the line. They didn't foul either. Only four free throws attempted uh, for North Alabama in this game. State only had 11 personal fouls uh, in this game. Garrison Brooks, uh, the most impressive of the newcomers, 18 points in his Bulldog debut. Iverson Molinar with 13 points. Tough shooting night for him, though, at 5 at 13. And the freshman, Cam Carter, the only other Bulldog in double figures, 11 points and a perfect night from the field for him. 4 for 4 from the field, 1 from 1 for 3, and 2 for 2 from the line. Cam Matthews played an incredible game, 7 points, 14 uh, boards uh, for him, and defensively just all over the place. Had a couple of blocks, had a couple of steals. Had four assists. Just a great game for that young man. I'm just so impressed with him. I really like him as a player. I thought Derek Fountain, his shooting night wasn't great, but he got into some good positions, as did DJ Jeffries. 
the shots will eventually fall for them. Uh, Shaquille Moore had eight points on three of seven shooting, three assists uh, for him. State 14 points to 15 – I'm sorry, 15 – 14 assists to 15 turnovers. That's a, a ratio that's going to have to change. It felt like it was a game very easy to win because you were playing such a outmatched opponent. Uh, State was up 35 to 11 with six minutes to go in the first half. Uh, by the end of the first, by the halftime whistle, it was 37-26. So that's that, that's a 15 to two run. Uh, to close the half for North Alabama. Then North Alabama played uh, pretty close with Mississippi State, cut the lead to seven, uh, but from there, yeah, I think they emptied the bench, including Isaac Stansberry, who got a really huge ovation uh, from the crowd. So there were times in this game where State looked really, really good, looked really dominant, looked like the tournament team we all expect them to be, and there are times where they struggled. Uh, the free throw line is going to be a huge issue. JV and Davis, ble- I don't say this very often, but bless his heart, two of eight from the free throw line. It's the weirdest thing, too, watching him shoot – his form isn't terrible. It's not like a Shaquille O'Neal thing or he's got like a hitch in his giddy-up. The ball just doesn't go in for him uh, when he's shooting free throws for, for some reason. Jeffrey's four of six from the line. He was he sort of lets where he got most of his points tonight. But you can see why uh, you know he, he's such a valued guy. Uh, he, I think he's going to be a good player for Mississippi State. And again, also to remember, State wins this game very easily. No Tolu Smith. No Rocket Watts. Howland said in postgame that they expect Rocket Watts to be able to play uh, in the game next week against Detroit Mercy. So Wednesday, uh, tip off there. You should be able to get Rocket Watts uh, back into the lineup. Um, and then Tolu Smith, probably obviously but a few more weeks for him. But when you have him and Brooks down low. And Brooks, I mean, you can see what made him such a coveted player out of high school and such a uh, a good college basketball player in North Carolina. Just very smooth down there on the post. Understands, you know, how to how to use his body, how to get advantageous positions, and how to get easy shots. I, I thought he was very good tonight. Eight of fifteen shooting, uh, five boards for him. Uh, you know, just just all in all for Mississippi State, a, a pretty solid debut and pretty solid start to the season uh, for the Bulldogs. And one thing I, I thought was interesting was uh, Ben Howland mentioned that we something we that you guys talked about. I shouldn't say we. You guys talked about uh, earlier in the show the chemistry. He said that the, he feels like the off the court chemistry with this team is as good uh, as it's ever been. So he feels really confident about this team and the way and the way they're going. Bulldogs are back in action on Saturday uh, against six p.m. Tip, tip off against Montana. Uh, and then, like I said, that Detroit Mercy game on Wednesday where you should see the Bulldog debut of Rocket Watts. So, all in all for Mississippi State, a good start to the season, and uh, we'll see where it takes us. So, we'll wrap up here for Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk. I am future Brian. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning today here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.